Hello, and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Dicker, and I'll be talking to you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. In 2015, a 32-year-old man was admitted to hospital with a pulse rate of 155. His pulse had been high like this for the past five hours, which is why his doctor had thought it best that he should get into the hospital and get himself checked out because this was highly irregular. At the hospital, they ran a series of blood tests and they checked his heart thoroughly and they couldn't find anything going wrong. So they kept him on watch for a few hours, at which point his vital signs slowly began to reduce and his heart rate started to slow down and everything went back to normal. So they released him. Now, based on the fact that he, as a younger man, he had had panic attacks when he was a younger man, and based on the fact that they couldn't find anything wrong with him based on the simple tests, they assumed that this was just a severe panic attack and let him go without any further follow-up. Over the coming weeks, this man began to develop a number of very unusual symptoms. He would experience what's called orthostatic intolerance. So this meant that If the man would stand up at certain times of the day, and this wouldn't be the whole day, sometimes his pulse would jump from sitting down with a pulse rate of maybe 60 or 58 to standing up with a pulse rate of about 145, 150. And this effect was most pronounced in the mornings, uh, but could happen at any point in the day without warning that suddenly he'd become orthostatically intolerant. He would get wild fluctuations in heart rate throughout the day, going from quite low, about 55, 56, up to quite high, 145, 155. This man went to a number of specialists and a number of doctors who repeatedly told him, we can't find anything wrong, this is all in your head. This man eventually learned it wasn't all in his head, there was a hell of a lot more to the story. But he had to turn to to being his own doctor, his own researcher, to find the solution to the problem. And this man was me. And what I want to do is share with you the incredible journey that I went through and the things that I've learned about what we're told about anxiety and depression and how, my, how I've come to believe that more often than not, it's probably in your body and not in your head. So if you suffer with depression or anxiety, this is a video I really think you need to watch so that you can learn from my mistakes and from my journey. And hopefully you can get some inspiration to take charge of your own difficulties and not just trust what the experts have told you. By 2016, I was really in a pretty horrible state. I couldn't eat much food because, again, one of the symptoms I had was eating food could spike my heart rate horrifically. So eating food was a traumatic experience. I lost a hell of a lot of weight. I couldn't work out anymore. I couldn't go to gym. I was suffering with a degree of depression, obviously feeling very neurotic about everything that was going on. You know, when is my heart rate going to go wild? What's going to happen? It was really, really unpleasant. And I'd been to uh, specialist after specialist after specialist. My specialists were telling me, look, we think it's just anxiety because we can't find anything wrong. My psychologist was saying, yes, there's a psychological component, but something here isn't right. This isn't normal. This is what we see. Um, get more chest tests. Um, at some serious, serious pushing by me of my specialists, they started to do, run some more unusual blood tests. And one of those blood tests was a serotonin test, a blood serot- uh, serum serotonin levels. 
And they, what they found was that my serum serotonin was three times higher than what it's supposed to be. And they ran this test three times over because they couldn't understand why. And each time it was incredibly high. The specialists, when they look in their research about what does high serotonin mean, they could only find two things. One, Damien, have you been taking any drugs? Ecstasy, hallucinogens? Uh, no, no, okay. Uh, are you on antidepressants? No, okay. Um, it must be a pheochromocytoma, uh, which is a form of stomach tumor uh, that, that causes your serotonin levels to be high. We better get you some, some really big tests and see if that's the problem. So I went and got all these tests done, and lo and behold, I didn't have pheo. It wasn't that at all. Uh, doctors were left stumped. Hmm, curious. We don't know why you have high serotonin. Isn't that odd? Oh, well. That's where I was left. And and I, I pushed for more tests. I started to do a 24-hour, um, I did a series of 24-hour uh, saliva tests to test my hormone levels. And my hormone levels were crazy. They were going all jumping all over the place throughout the day. More so than, and in more complex ways than you'd expect to see with just an anxiety disorder. Upon request of one of my friends, I went to see a naturopath, and the naturopath ran a genetic test. And that genetic test seems to suggest that my body isn't very good at breaking down hormones once they enter the bloodstream, unless cert at least certain hormones, like stress hormones, don't get broken down very well. And, you know, I, I, I took this advice from the naturopath with a grain of salt because I'm very much, I believe in the medical field more than not, right? I put a lot of faith in doctors and less faith in less doctory skill sets. Um, and that isn't to take away from naturopaths. Because as it turns out, I went to the specialists with the naturopath results and with my hormone results, and the doctors looked at it and they said, look, there's no, there's not a lot of great science to show that, that these genetic spots, these genetic weaknesses that the naturopath identified are real, but it's the best explanation we've got. It's certainly, we don't have anything that we can explain it with. So go with that. And so I started to try different diets. I started to try different, taking different supplements. And, and I'm starting to get on top of it. Now, I want to explain to you all why I'm making this video and what this is about. First of all, if I had have just taken the specialist advice, and mind you, I went to, I think, 10 or 12 different specialists throughout this journey. If I just had taken the advice, they would have put me on, first of all, they would have put me on selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Uh, which is the common thing given to people with anxiety and depression. And what would have happened to me had I taken that? I could have died. Because my serotonin was already so high that taking something that would stop my body from, from taking it out of the bloodstream could have set me into serotonin meltdown, which is a life-threatening condition. First of all, had I done that. Second of all, if I just had taken the doctor's advice and I had realized I had ser high serotonin, they still just would have thrown me on beta blockers and possibly Valium, something to, to calm the nerves. And... They're both incredibly difficult drugs to get off of, not to mention very strong, potent chemicals that you're putting into your body every day. Um, they would have helped the problem. But here's the kicker. I have, not completely yet, but largely, largely reduced the heart rate swings, largely reduced the symptoms by about 80%. So 80% reduction that I can have a normal life and go out and, and exercise and, and, and do normal things. How have I done it? You know how I did it? I started taking large doses of magnesium and I started taking a lot of specific branch chain amino acids. And what these branch chain amino acids do is they limit your gut's ability to uh, to produce hormone, uh, to, sorry, to produce serotonin. And they also block the pathway of serotonin to certain brain receptors. Now, 
a lot of people think that serotonin is the happiness hormone, right? Like, hey, if you boost your serotonin, you must be so happy. And that's what all my friends would say to me. Oh, it's high serotonin, you must be the happiest guy alive. But serotonin doesn't work that way. Our endocrine system, our hormone system is so complex. So serotonin has, has multiple receptor sites in the brain. And some of those receptor sites are good for relaxing you. Others do the exact opposite. They stress you out. They raise the heart, elevate the heart rate. They elevate the stress hormones. They promote production of other stress hormones. So serotonin can do a lot of things. And anyway, the branch chain amino acids that I was taking would block that specific pathway. So I could still get benefit from the serotonin in general, but I wouldn't get the negative side effects that I was getting from the high serotonin levels. So I could reduce it. Now, there are other ways you could control serotonin. By the way, gelatin drastically reduces your serotonin levels. When they do um, tests of animals and humans where they want to get someone with a super low serotonin level, they, they dose them highly on gelatin because gelatin blocks the pathways as well. And so what am I trying to say? By understanding my body... I could take things that were available over the counter, very low side effect profile, that could have a very real impact on my psychological state. And I learned that what was happening for me was largely physiological. It was chicken and egg. I had all these physiological things going wrong, which made me neurotic. Of course they make you neurotic. Well, how can you not be neurotic when everything is going so wild? But it was easier for the doctors. It was easier for the specialists to say, well, we don't know what it is. It's probably all in your head. Go see a psychologist. Just medicate, calm yourself down, and, and that should fix it. And I don't blame the doctors per se. It's a very hard thing to say. We don't know the answer. And it's much easier to say it's all in your head. And I also think that it's our culture right now tends to say it's all in our heads. But what I've learned through my research and through looking around, because I've had to be my own doctor in a lot of ways, I've learned that we know very, very little about the hormone systems, like really very small amount. We don't understand it. We don't understand when someone has anxiety or depression, really what's going on. We've got a, a very, very rough rudimentary idea of these complex systems in our bodies. And I've learned that even the best specialist you can find, even the best specialist money you can buy, generally they know a little bit <laughs> and a little bit only. You know, I was told with my high serotonin, two out of five specialists didn't even know what else could be causing high serotonin. Right? They didn't really know much about the serotonin system. Um, the others knew a little bit, right? And the rest I had to do my own research. And so I guess I'm making this video because it's... When you're told it's all in your head, you start to feel broken. You start to feel like it's all your fault. Like you're to blame. And you start to feel shame. I have this anxiety. I have this depression. I should feel ashamed of that. I should feel like something's wrong up here. Like I'm just not good enough of a human being up here to fix it. And it could easily be physiological you know they can take fecal matter, matter transplants by the way are a fascinating it sounds gross but it's a fascinating area of research they can take um, rats that are really calm and chill and don't freak out easily when when you know disturbing stimuli like smell of cat and things are placed around them and they, then what they do is they do a fecal matter transplant with that rat and another rat that, that is bred to be highly stressed and neurotic and that 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 chill that rat now suddenly becomes hyper like neurotic and crazy and and, and stressed about everything so just doing a, a, you know, changing your gut, gut flora can have a massive impact. You know, um, um, one month ago, I was taken to hospital. And this is the newest thing I haven't gotten to the bottom of. I was went to hospital. I got um, an internal infection on my elbow. Uh, a random thing. I just woke up with an inflamed elbow and a, and, a, and a fever. And I went to hospital and they they were put me, putting me on IV antibiotics. And there I was on these IV antibiotics for a week. And until they released me, the swelling went down and everything was fine. But you know, it was fascinating. 
was that once my fever was gone and I was back home after this uh, IV antibiotic treatment, I had absolutely zero heart rate swings. My body was symptomatically perfect for about a week and a half, at which point it slowly, gradually became worse and, you know, got to the present state where it's okay, but still swings around. What happened there? Why did strong antibiotics fix it? It's the next piece in the puzzle. You know, and so I want to say to you guys, if you're struggling, do your own research. I don't mean don't trust the experts, and I don't mean find some esoteric guru who swears they've got all the answers and just follow them to the word. Don't have doctors, have specialists around. Don't just ignore them. They, they do know what they're talking about. But you need to recognize that they don't, there's so much we don't know. And there's a lot of research happening now that you should be looking into. You know, trust peer-reviewed research papers. There's a lot of them on hormone systems. I, it's, a, it's a big area of study. Start learning for yourself. Don't just look at random websites. I mean, uh, you know, don't lose faith in the medical community. Don't just go and go, oh, this is some Ayurvedic solution for this. Cool, that's an Ayurvedic... Is that the right, right way to say it? Anyway, so like, uh, and cure, is there any science behind it? Do your research first. Don't just jump into things because it's old or because some culture thinks it's great from ages ago. A bunch of hippies, you know, get into it. Trust the research, but the research is there because there is so much research going around corroborating research. So studies on different things and then studies on those studies. There is so much of that that specialists never read unless they have to because there's just too much, right? There's research papers going around being made every single day. No specialist could possibly go through them all, especially when you've got more extreme cases or more rare cases. Start learning for yourself. If you suffer with uh, depression, anxiety, you need to do the basics first before you go on hard drugs, unless you're suicidal. You know you need to start exercising. You need to start playing with your diet. I played with my diet. Nothing worked for me with diet, but it can with other people. You know, do different things. Cut out meat for a while or cut out grains for a while. Cut out, you know, just try different diets. Try intermittent fasting. Does that help you? Just try things. Um, Start looking into, get your hormone levels tested. Get more things tested than they normally would to find out what's really out of whack, right? Are you stressed? Is that adrenaline problem? Is it a cortisol problem? Is it a serotonin problem? Is it a mixture of the three? What's happening inside of your body? Start learning about yourself. Become your own researcher because I've learned that no one else will. You know, you can go to a specialist and pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars an hour and they're not going to tell you anything you or really take a genuine interest in getting to understand your body like you will. And what I've learned looking at myself, looking at my friends, looking at other people I know who have been through similar journeys and I've talked to quite a few of them now For a lot of them, it's turned out to be physiological, uh, at least predominantly physiological. And I want to give you hope that there is a solution, but start hunting, start looking through. Do it responsibly. Don't put yourself at risk or do things that might make you suicidal or make make you self-harm. But otherwise, do your own research. It certainly paid off for me in spades. And um, it's scary how little the medical profession actually knows about situations like this. So as I close this video, I want to let you know a couple of things. First of all, I'm not a medical expert. <laughs> it shouldn't be a surprise. I'm a dating expert. I'm a dating coach. But my personal experience and the experience of the men around me has shown there's more to the story than just what the medical experts are telling you. Do a little bit more reading on this. That's it for today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Don't forget to check us out at schoolofattraction.com. I highly recommend you check out my comprehensive and free dating personality test, which you can find by clicking personality test at the top of the page. 
Thanks again for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you in my next podcast.